What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Let's go, Gino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I just tried to snap, although I can't snap. Terrible fun fact about me. Never learned how. Tried to teach myself. Didn't really work. But hi, welcome back to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. It's me, your host, the one and only person who's ever on this show. It is raining. It is pouring. The old man is snoring here in Washington State today. And golly gosh, did it feel good to just be inside and let the rain fall down. It is spooky season here in Washington. I hope it is spooky season wherever you are in the world. And honestly, I am, I'm pretty upset. Okay. I'm, I'm sad. Um, and here's why. Okay. I am, I'm not a summer girl. All right. I've just, I've never been a summer girl. I've never really even been a spring girl. All right. But I thrive mentally every time of the year once fall happens. Like fall going into Christmas, going into winter, Taylor is thriving. Like most people are probably give me sunshine, give me vitamin D. And I'm over here like, let me hide underneath the covers. Let me see the rain outside from inside and know that I do not have to leave my house. Like not only is it spooky season, it is cozy season. It is holiday season. It is Taylor season, my friends. Okay. But this time of year, this fall 2020, I'm having a very hard time. I'm not going to lie to you because I just know in the back of my head that I can't do my normal fall festivities, all right? I can't go to an Oktoberfest celebration. I can't go to a beer hall. I can't go drink cider with my friends. I can maybe go to a pumpkin patch. Like, that's maybe a possibility. But there's just so many fun things that come with a spooky season that I won't be able to do. <laughs> and... I just think of fall as the absolute best time of year for me. Now, this is not taking the glory away from Christmas season, but I feel like fall just puts me in the right mindset for Christmas season. You hear me? And I think what I love most about fall is that for most people, it can kind of also almost resonate with new beginnings in some ways. And probably because we have always been forced to think about our year, not from January to December, but really from September to June, because for the longest time, I mean, for however, how long was I in school? <laughs> for 22 years, you're thinking about your life revolving around the school calendar. So when I think of September, I think of new year, new me, even though we're almost to 2021. Think freaking gosh. So I always just feel good this time of year, you know, like sometimes like the new year, you know, with school year or work, whatever, September time of year can feel really scary. But honestly, sometimes you just can feel rejuvenated. You know, you might have like a brand new planner that you're whipping out. You might have a fresh leaf that you're turning. You're ready to be organized. You're ready to be orderly. I just love it. I just love it. And I would bet that most of you are probably 
already in school right now and like you've either already started or maybe you're in your first three weeks or so or if you're somebody in the workforce maybe you're just about to round into Q4 which is I think the best time of year and you're definitely you know you're just getting the hang of things because maybe you know once you've gotten past that first hump you're into your routines you've got your fitness schedules down I say this very hopefully. I mean, I know that I don't have one down, but I'm hoping that maybe you all have one down. Who the heck knows? But you see, my friends, this is uh, where I start to run into my problems. Okay. The routines, the schedules. Okay. How many times have I said, okay, thus far? Probably fucking too many. This is where I start to get off my choo-choo train because I start to get very comfortable in the fall. All right, there's one half of me that's on this team rejuvenation, team new leaf. And then there's the other half of me that's like, well, it's spooky season, bitches. Let's stay inside. Let's cozy up. Let's get underneath a blanket. Let's have some hot cocoa. Let's have some cider. Maybe let's go to a pumpkin patch where we stay for 15 minutes and then we leave. You know, that part of me is just ready to be lazy. I'm ready to be comfortable and indulge. And then there's the other half of me that's like, I need to do it all. You know, I want to stay inside. I want to be underneath the covers, but also I can't miss out on any opportunity to celebrate the season. You know, I need to be do it all Dolly where I'm going to every pumpkin patch, every harvest festival, every Oktoberfest. I want to be everywhere all at the same time. But this, you know, this starts to get hard. And let me tell you why. Okay. This is hard because it starts to take me away from staying on track of my routines, staying on track of my schedules, my fitness routines and schedules. All right. So I will have these amazing fitness goals that I've set for myself, nutrition goals, health goals, maybe just lifestyle goals in general. And I start to just kind of get caught up in the fun of the fall, the fall fun, if you will. And I don't prioritize any of those goals whatsoever because truly I don't want to be focusing on my goals. I want to be focusing on my friends, my family, my beer hall time. Like, I act like I go to all these beer halls. I've been to like one ever in my life. So don't know what I'm talking about. Don't get this twisted. But I just want to be doing everything all at once. And who the heck has time for fitness during the spooky season? We're too busy being spooky. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I always feel this type of way when I was in school. Like this was a notorious feeling for me every single year. And I would have this urge, this need really to be at every single social event, every single club meeting, every single class, you know, I'm a good girl. I went to class not only because I have bad FOMO, you know, I I have the fear of missing out, but also because I just genuinely love to be in the spirit of celebration, if you will, you know, like I can't miss out on celebrating. Like I just am a big celebrator. Should that be like my, stop it. Should I put that in my Instagram bio? I think I have it something along the lines of like, blah, 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 make YouTube videos. I'm also a Christmas elf, but really it should be like also a Christmas elf and professional celebrator. But that just makes it sound like I just throw parties for a living. But really what I'm trying to say is I love celebrations. I love being a celebrator of celebrations. Whatever. Okay. But every single year, you know, I'm hopping around from meeting to class to social event, blah, 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 blah. 
I would always bite myself in the butt because I would never end up prioritizing my nutrition specifically. I was usually pretty good about prioritizing working out and fitness because I would honestly force myself to just wake up at the crack of dawn and get my workout over with. Um, I know that this is not for everybody, but it's just kind of the way that I almost forced myself to live my life in college because I just thought, you know what, I don't want to think about this workout for the rest of the day. I might as well just get up literally at five or six in the morning, go work out and then not think about it. And I know that's a little bit extreme in some ways, but it worked really well for me. So I don't know, maybe you want to do that too, but I could do that and I could be disciplined about it. But where I always fell short was with my nutrition. And I'm not saying like, oh, I was, I was a bad eater. I was having one slice of pizza on a Friday night. Like, no, I was just not treating my body well whatsoever. Like when you think about wellness, you think about eating well, think about Taylor on the other end of the spectrum, plain as day. I would essentially run from classes all day long to then going straight into either work or meetings all night long. So I would leave my home at, you know, seven or eight in the morning because I would have a class and I would go to class maybe until noon or so. And then just being the person that I am, I would schedule my work shift to start. I'm not kidding you about five minutes after I got out of my last class of the day. So I would go all however many hours through class all day long, or excuse me, all morning long. Then I would go to work for at least four or five hours. And then I would go to either a night class and meetings or just meetings, meetings, meetings. You know the drill. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But really, I did have a lot of club meetings that would end up overlapping all night long. Or it would even just be, oh, hey, I have one or two meetings and then my friends want to go to this campus event together. Or, you know, there's some sort of social gathering happening and I wanted to be there. You know, there was just never a time that I would have a second to be home from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Like I would leave my house at 8 in the morning. I would not get back home until 11 p.m. at night. So mind you, I set myself up for failure because I would wake up just with enough time to barely get ready, maybe grab a snack, rush out the door, sit in class all morning long, probably fairly hungry because maybe I had like an RX bar to quench my thirst and stomach. That doesn't make sense. I was really hungry. That's what I'm trying to say. Then I would go to work and sometimes I would have a little bit of flexibility to maybe eat as I was working. But I worked in our visit office on my college campus. So essentially that meant that anytime somebody would come for a tour of our campus, I would greet them. I would check them in. I would arrange the room for them to get all settled in, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I would even have to give them the tour of the college campus. So even if I like brought myself on a good day, a snack to eat, food to eat, whatever, like I was trying to have my lunch during that time, I wasn't at work to be eating. I was at work to work. So I was already telling myself, oh, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to have the time to eat. When in reality, I really never did because I was always having to leave and walk around campus. Then after work, it would be maybe 4 or 5 p.m. And sometimes I would have a quick 30 minutes to be able to run to the cafeteria where I would literally, you know, swipe in, grab something and leave. I know cafeterias are different at every school, but we had a 
main cafeteria on campus that was pretty much just a large dining hall where you swiped your card and then you got into the cafeteria and it was basically a free-for-all so you could eat whatever you wanted however much you wanted but then we also had an option of almost like a debit card on our student ID which allowed us to get meals at different vendors on campus so we had a Starbucks on campus and we could use money that was preloaded onto our student ID card to get ourselves Starbucks, which, you know, could be a breakfast sandwich or could be one of those like prepackaged protein packs or salads, whatever. We also had a small little, um, almost like mini grocery store, which was really cute. But anyways, those were kind of our options. It was either go into the cafeteria really quickly. Well, very quickly in my circumstance, but most of the time, normal people would sit in there and enjoy a meal. Or if you were, you know, on the go, you could run into that little grocery store, you could go to Starbucks, you could go to this like pizza stand we had. So there were a few options. But a lot of times, you know, if you're on the go and everybody else is in line, you're like, well, shoot, I don't have time to go to the cafeteria. The line is down the block. We had one cafeteria for the entire school, which was not very smart on their part, which basically meant I would end up running into the little mini mart. I'd grab maybe like an apple and a protein bar or like hard boiled eggs or something, which looking back, all of it just sounds gross to say out loud. And I would take whatever I had with me to my next meeting or to my next event, whatever it would be. And then half the time I'd get to that next thing. And sometimes you can eat. And I'll get into that in a little bit on why I think eating, especially in class, is okay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But I went to a small school where, you know, everybody sort of knew everybody. And every event or every class you would go to was really with, you know, maybe max 30 people when we're talking about classes or maybe a social event might have 100, 200 people. But it wasn't like I was in a lecture hall where I could easily get away with bringing a McDonald's or something. So sometimes it would just be awkward and I wouldn't have the opportunity to eat because I didn't want to be loud or I didn't want to be crunching on a carrot or something. And everybody's just staring at you like, who's the loud chewer in the back of the classroom? It's me. So a lot of times... If I did have the opportunity to go buy food quickly before my next thing, I would grab it, but maybe not have the opportunity to eat it. Or if I did eat it, it wouldn't be anything substantial whatsoever. And at this point, I'd eaten maybe a protein bar that I grabbed at eight in the morning. And then whatever lack of substance I was trying to eat at five or six p.m. And honest to God, when I would get home at 11 p.m., naturally, I was starving. I was so beyond hungry, I couldn't even focus. I would pretty much eat whatever was readily available and shovel whatever I could into my mouth as fast as I could, which is just so bad on so many levels. And it wasn't like I was going through a binge or something. It was more so like, oh my gosh, I haven't had the opportunity to eat all day long. Like I wanted to eat, I just couldn't. And I would get home and I wouldn't be patient enough to actually like make myself 
some sort of real meal, I would just be like, oh my God, first I need to grab some pretzels. Then while I'm eating the pretzels, I'm going to cut up an apple. And then while I'm cutting up the apple, I'll probably need to eat something, you know, more substantial. So I'll throw this frozen meal into the microwave, but I'm still eating like while the microwave's cooking. And then when it comes out of the microwave, I've already stuffed myself up with pretzels and apples and I'm barely hungry enough for the substantial meal. And then I just want like popcorn or chips or, oh my gosh, it's just so bad to even recount on. But this was a really, really bad routine that I almost let myself keep up for nearly all four years of college, which is so horrible, like beyond horrible. And if I can give any advice to you as somebody who is starting college, in college, finishing college, even somebody in the workplace, because I would do the same thing at my job, I wouldn't eat much in the morning. I'd work until 1 or 2 p.m. when I would be able to go on my lunch break. I would kind of pick and choose my food because we had a uh, iffy cafeteria at work. And then I'd have that crash in the middle of the day. I'd want more coffee. I would have a two-hour commute home. And then when I'd get home at 7.30 p.m., I would stuff my face once again. Like It was this terrible cyclical behavior, which I think a lot of us fall into, especially if we are kind of just stuck in these patterns of needing to be in class or needing to be at a meeting or needing to be at work and not having the opportunity to allow yourself proper meal times. And so I feel like over the years, I've gotten a little bit better about finding ways to kind of cheat the system. Because Yes, like you can get mad at it and get frustrated like with your schedule or with your work routine, whatever. But a lot of times it can't be as easily changed as we would have wanted it to be. And I think the thing is, is that sometimes I would be all right, you know, like in the mornings or in the early afternoons, I usually don't get too terribly hungry. And I'm not saying, you know, you need to force yourself to eat if you're not hungry. But while eating intuitively is really important, I don't want you to let yourself forget about fueling yourself also, because I feel like this is like the narrative that was shoved down our throats from day one. But honest to God, I would have such a hard time focusing in class, focusing at work if I did not properly fuel myself for those activities. Like sitting in class, sitting at work without eating is not good for you. It's not good for your brain. It's not conducive to learning or for productive work. Like I know it is so hard to prioritize yourself when maybe you don't have the freedom to just eat at your desk at work, or maybe you can only go to the cafeteria in college and you don't have the opportunity to make meals in your dorm room or in your apartment, wherever. But setting yourself up for success will help you feel so darn good. And I don't want you to feel unnourished just because you don't have the stereotypical meal times readily available. Here are some things that I know would have worked so much better for me. And when I did do them, my life was so much better because I was actually prioritizing my nutrition, my health and nourishing my body. So don't be like me. Don't mess up and only pack yourself a protein bar for the entirety of your day because that's all you had time for in the morning. Set yourself up for success. So the biggest recommendation I can give you is just preparation. And probably the biggest, especially when it comes to nutrition, is meal prep. Now, don't think of meal prep as 
kind of like what we've been taught in the media. Oftentimes we'll see maybe bodybuilders, for example, doing a meal prep for their entire week. And it will be maybe some broccoli, some chicken and some rice, which is not bad whatsoever. Like those are three great foods. I love them all. But sometimes I think people are like, oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds boring. Or maybe you could just equate meal prepping to just not being fun because it isn't. But if you can meal prep for a majority of your dinners even or a majority of your lunches for the week, you will be so happy with yourself because there are so many times when you get home after a long day at work or you get home after a long day of classes and you have a big paper to write and you have a test to study for and you have three meetings to attend. You don't have time to just make a full dinner and eat it and clean up and even going to the cafeteria can feel somewhat taxing. So these are suggestions if you have the option in your apartment or in your house, but I'll also give some suggestions for if you're just eating in the cafeteria. So meal prepping on whatever your weekend is. This is my suggestion. Do your meal prep and make whatever sounds good to you and try and, I guess, maybe switch it up. I know some people I've seen, let's say, kind of a bad example, but if you wanted to have um, a different side instead of just rice every single day, you could switch out rice for quinoa or you could switch out rice for like bread of some sort or like avocado. I don't know. I'm just throwing out random options. Make it so you're not wanting to choose a different option instead of the meal prep that you've already prepped for yourself. You know, so if you know that you easily get bored of a meal three days in, switch up your meal prep so you have three meals that are the same and then three meals that are the same but a little bit different. And then put all of your individual portion sizes into their own Tupperwares, or at least make it very, very easy for yourself to separate out your food so you can grab it on the go. Personally, I think the Tupperware thing is amazing because a lot of times what I would end up having to do is taking that Tupperware with me, throwing it into the microwave, and then running off to class with my food with me and eating it during class. I would say a lot of professors are genuinely pretty chill about having you eat in class. Sometimes you'll have a professor every once in a while who will say no food, you know, just wanting to be respectful to allergies, which I totally understand as well. But I would say a lot of times professors don't really mind. Um, I would say the same thing with a work environment too. Some bosses do care, some bosses don't care. Always just be mindful about what you're making and how it could um, create a certain stench in the room, you know, like don't bring fish. Just don't ever do it. It's just kind of like 101 when it comes to making food in an office or in a dorm, really. Like nobody wants heated up fish. They just don't. It just smells terrible. Even cauliflower can smell pretty bad too. But definitely check in with your professors if they allow you to eat in class, check in with your boss, whatever. I would say especially if you can vouch for yourself and just say, hey, I have back-to-back meetings. This is my only time to eat. Do you mind if I politely eat in your class? Sometimes I think they appreciate that rather than just you, you know, whipping out a three course meal. My favorite options for meal prep would sometimes be, uh, no surprise here, a sweet potato. I think that's awesome. You can even cook it with um, more savory things rather than the route that I usually go, which would be peanut butter, cashew butter, um, which is probably a little bit more sweet, but still super, super good. Obviously, like chicken and turkey, those ones are usually pretty easy. Keith and I a lot of times would do these spaghetti squash or maybe they were sweet potato ribbons. Oh, no, they were butternut squash. 
shoot, I don't know. They were some sort of noodles that we got from Trader Joe's and we would cook all of those noodles and then we would cook a whole bunch of turkey with the sauce. And then we would, you know, obviously combine them all together and put that in to each of our refrigerators. And that would be enough meals for at least two or three dinners. And that was easy too. So that's a good option. And another one that my roommates did all the time, which I was so jealous of, was they would use their crock pots, which if you haven't already gotten a crock pot, especially for work or school, the easiest thing that you can do to make a meal for yourself that's actually warm and feels like a home-cooked meal that just tastes good and it works on its own all day long. Basically, with a crock pot, you just throw everything into the pot and it kind of simmers and does its thing all day long. It's one of those appliances that's designed to work even when you're away from the home, like you don't have to worry about it starting a fire or something like that. Like that is what it is designed for. So if you have the opportunity to get a crock pot, highly recommend that. Or just another option would be to make some sort of stew or chili, even if it's just on a pot on the stove or something. My roommates would do this all the time and they would just make this ginormous pot of soup for the entire week and they would separate it out Um, And sometimes even put it in the freezer if they wanted soup for a few days later or a few weeks later. And I was so darn envious because I wanted to have chili or I wanted to have soup that sounded like the perfect go-to meal, especially for lunch or a quick dinner or something. And I just didn't really know how to cook that well. So a lot of times I would just be like, gosh, that looks so good. I'll just eat like my microwaved meal over here, blah, blah, blah. But like they made this delicious crock pot extravagant meal. But anyways, those are some really good options for lunch or dinner. I would say for breakfast, it kind of just depends on your appetite. Some people are big breakfast people. Some people aren't. Of course, I'm going to plug my sweet potato cashew butter because that's usually what I eat in general right now. Um, That's really an easy option, especially if you have a microwave in your room or a lot of times they'll have them in the communal hallway in your dorm or even in the cafeteria, they'll most likely always have a microwave that you can use. If you just kind of wash the potato in a sink, stab it a few times with a fork, put some peanut butter or cashew butter or something on it, that's a really good breakfast or it's a really good lunch, dinner, snack, dessert, whatever time of day you want it. Honestly, I will eat that any time of day. I would say overnight oats are another great one if you have a refrigerator. I've actually never made overnight oats, so I don't know too much about them, but I've seen people make them. They're extraordinarily simple, and then that's something easy that you can grab and go in the morning because I would assume that you're making them, obviously, the night before, and then they sit in the refrigerator all night overnight. But it's Sometimes I would just end up having to grab like a banana with peanut butter. Again, that's not that nutritious, but it's better than not eating nothing. I would say, especially if you have morning classes or if you're just somebody who works in the morning, try and eat something, just anything, because I think it will really help you stay focused in class, stay focused in work, and then you'll feel better for the rest of the day. If you don't have any sort of appliances, do not worry. I don't think that you absolutely need them. I would say a microwave is probably the best thing that you could get. A microwave and a mini fridge. Those are pretty prime, especially because they're very small and compact and you can usually share them even if you're in uh, a room with just two roommates. But if you don't have those, I would say rice cakes were always a huge 
savior for me as well because you can be so creative with rice cakes and of course this is a little bit more of maybe a light breakfast or a snack or something but if you put peanut butter on rice cakes that's a really common option it just makes you feel a little bit more uh like you're having a substantial snack one thing i used to do was get those little mini baby bell cheeses which sounds weird and a little bit gross and i never used to like cheese but just hear me out i would take those baby bell cheeses and i would smear them like kind of like a cream cheese on the rice cake and then i would top it off with everything but the bagel seasoning and it tasted pretty much like an everything bagel with cream cheese which are arguably you could also just get bagels too and you could have that for breakfast or a snack or something but I just thought uh, rice cakes stay fresh for a really long time like you don't have to worry about them going bad or getting mold like a bagel might but rice cakes were always my go-to when it came to just a quick snack that I could bring on the go with me and I would usually throw in you know maybe some apples or something maybe some more bananas try and make it feel like it was well put together you know if you need to turn to protein bars or any sort of like grab and go bar if you're needing some sort of quick snack I would just recommend always looking at the ingredients when you're at the store and you're choosing one that you like. I think it's so easy for the manufacturers to just sneak in some bad ingredients or to just load them up with sugar, which of course maybe will make them taste good, but it might end up making you feel more sluggish and it might not end up having the same nourishing effect that maybe a more clean protein bar might have. So just take a second and look at the ingredients. I mean, I would recommend that with any product that you buy but especially with those bars, they can be so darn sneaky. I would say my favorites, um, RX bars are usually pretty good. I think some people don't like them because they're like high in certain macronutrients. But to me, I don't care about that. What I care about is eating whole foods, eating good foods. And those bars are usually just like dates or egg whites, um, maybe a bit of chocolate or peanut butter, some salt, like all the ingredients are listed plainest day on the bars. So I love that. Those are usually a really great option. And I also love uh, perfect bars, the ones that go in the refrigerators. Those aren't as great. I think there's another brand, um, Kind Bars. They just released their own version of those refrigerated bars, which I think have better ingredients. But those are just two of my favorite options. If you need to have a grab and go bar, my final point is just make sure that you're not using it as a meal replacement. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This might be more towards people in the workforce, but if you have the budget for it, I would actually highly recommend checking out Daily Harvest because this is not an ad, I swear to God. (laughs) I know I do have like a long-term partnership with them, but honestly, they're pretty darn good, especially if you have the budget for them, but you need a healthy meal or a healthy snack on the go. And you're like me and like you hate cooking and you love the convenience of just eating something really quick out of the freezer would highly, highly recommend looking into it. They have so many different options now. I think they kind of just started out with maybe more so like the smoothie route, but now they have these really great flatbreads, amazing harvest bowls, like super, super good. 
they have soups, they have oat bowls, they have so many really great things and they're meant to be taken on the go with you and their packaging is now compostable. So that's a great option if you have the budget to indulge. Oh my gosh, and what's my code? (laughs) I think it's code WOODS25 for $25 off your first order. So if you do have the budget and you can look into that, definitely recommend checking it out. I think it's actually a really great option for this. And then if you're truly balling on a budget like I was, you know, and maybe you do have a microwave in your dorm room or in your apartment, in your house, wherever you are, some of my favorite meals that I would often bring to class with me or really just make in general, because like I mentioned, I was a really bad and still am a really bad cook, were always the frozen meals from Trader Joe's. And no, they weren't always like 100% the best thing for you, but the convenience level for me was fantastic. I mean, the store in general is fantastic because they have small portions that are meant to be shared between either just yourself or, you know, one or two people. And it's actually fairly affordable when you go in there with a plan. You know, if you just go in looking for snacks, you're going to end up with a really big bill, unfortunately. But it actually does have some fairly affordable prices. And I would say 90% of what I ate my senior year of college was from Trader Joe's. Not only because I just genuinely didn't know how to cook, but I would also just pop whatever I wanted in the microwave from the freezer section. And it would be ready in three minutes and I could take it with me or I could just eat it as my meal while I'm trying to do my homework and I didn't have time to cook a dinner. It was really, really perfect. I think if you don't have Trader Joe's, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. I don't, maybe, is it called Salisbury's? I think that's like a UK equivalent that might be kind of close to a Trader Joe's. Any kind of low cost grocery store that has really good, quick, easy meals, I would definitely lean into. I would go to Trader Joe's and I would get those um, gnocchi packets. It would be like kill or sweet potato gnocchi. I would get these spaghetti squash noodles or these cauliflower bowls or frozen pizzas. I know like inherently frozen food is not like, oh my gosh, this is so good for you. But I would rather have a frozen meal for myself than eating a whole bunch of pretzels and popcorn and chips in replace of a meal because I didn't know how to cook myself a meal otherwise. Like I was okay with that compromise and I would rather have a frozen meal than two protein bars as my dinner. I'm just being honest and realistic. Like that was just how I lived. And sometimes you just have to play with the cards you're dealt. Like I didn't have the time or the means to do anything else for myself and I was okay eating those frozen meals. It's kind of funny too because I lived with all roommates who loved to cook. Like all three of my roommates were like these gourmet chefs. They were absolutely amazing. Not like in an intimidating way, but they just knew their way around the kitchen. And they'd be cooking up like these delicious, I don't know, chickens and rosemary and spaghetti squash, blah, blah, blah. And I would like pull out like my frozen noodles from the refrigerator and like throw it in the microwave. And I'd be like, sorry, guys, like not a good cook. If you have chill roommates and you're pretty chill with them yourself, a lot of times I had my best friend or roommate actually make food for me. If they're nice enough, they will do this for you because my roommate is just the best person in the world. But she was such a darn good cook that I would just have her make extra of whatever she was already making for herself. And then I would just end up paying for my portion of the ingredients she used on me, if that makes sense. So that could be another good option if you're somebody like me who's just not good at cooking. Or maybe if you are the cooker, you could do the same thing for 
your less fortunately skilled uh, roommates if you have one like me. When it comes to the cafeteria, I would definitely say to just not overindulge. Like I mentioned, all cafeterias are different. My cafeteria was a literal free-for-all. So it would, you know, cost you one swipe to get into the door. And once you were inside, you could eat whatever you wanted, however much you wanted, and they would never kick you out until, you know, they were closing. So it can be really, really intimidating because you want to be able to just eat whatever is available to you. I know some places you might have to like just pick and choose one single meal. And also that's another thing. Some cafeterias are high end and they're super healthy and they're super fresh, blah, blah, blah. And other ones are like you're eating at a McDonald's. I don't think there's anything wrong with eating in the cafeteria as long as you just choose your healthier options when you can. My cafeteria had like six different stations to it almost, like an Italian station, a subway, a subway, a sandwich station, a vegan station, all these different areas, and they each served different meals at different times of the day. And when I would get in there, I would essentially just kind of like do a stroll all around the cafeteria until I figured out what looked the best to me instead of just going all crazy and wanting to eat every single thing that every single place offered. The thing about the cafeteria too is that it's kind of like a shiny new quarter. Like once you're there, it feels like the coolest thing ever, especially when you're a freshman and it's your first time going into the cafeteria. You're going to think it is the greatest thing ever. Hopefully, hopefully you're going to like the food. But after a few weeks time, like it kind of wears off and you kind of realize like they do circulate through the same foods it does taste the same after a while. Some things really aren't that great. Maybe you don't even really like it that much. But give it a chance. Give it a go. And just try and find your staples. Like I would usually eat the exact same thing for breakfast because I knew I liked it. I knew it was good for me. I didn't try and branch out because I knew if I wasn't satisfied with what I picked because I had free reign over every single thing in the cafeteria, I would just be like, all right, even though I ate half of this and I didn't like it, I'm still going to go grab what I would have wanted to begin with. And then I'm going to eat all of that. So essentially I ended up eating a meal and a half, which is not good. So find your staples, even if that means you're eating one or two of the same things for every meal. But also, if they're having ice cream night and you want ice cream, go have the ice cream. Because now I want ice cream just talking about it. This question says how to stop stress eating in college. Definitely felt that firsthand with myself. I think that I always stress ate, which was never a good thing. But I would sometimes just try and be very methodical about it. Like if I knew I was a stress eater, I wasn't going to hate myself for stress eating. I would just try and eat like a whole carton of blueberries instead of a whole bag of chips. So maybe I would just stress eat smarter. But in all honesty, I'm a huge fan of putting your snack into a bowl or a plate or something when you're typing on the computer or you're doing your work because I am very, very notorious for mindlessly eating while I'm working. And I think it can be very easy to, you know, just kind of get lost in your work and not really realize, oh my gosh, I just literally destroyed that bag of Doritos. Like, whoops. This question says, how do I meal prep or take food on the go when I don't have a microwave at school or work? When I used to do this uh, and I didn't have access to a microwave, I would, especially for lunches, always bring myself like some type of um, salad, which I know kind of sounds boring, but I love to make really fun salads. 
And salad doesn't have to mean health because you can make salads very unhealthy very quickly. But I think sometimes it's kind of just like everything but the kitchen sink kind of mix. Like like anything that you have that you can throw into a Tupperware that will somewhat taste good together. That was kind of my go-to. I'm totally blanking on like other dinner ideas right now, but I know I would go really ham on the snacks. Like I would cut up an apple with some peanut butter and throw that into a Tupperware. I'd throw like a whole bunch of like charcuterie board items like crackers and cheese and meats or something if I wanted a good snack. Or I'd cut up like a whole bunch of fruit and I'd throw in some peanut butter. Are you getting a theme here? Like if you don't have a jar of like some sort of nut butter or something, I would definitely recommend it. I think that is one of the easiest ways that you can just make a snack a little bit more substantial. Obviously, I love cashew butter. I think it's amazing. But it's cheap. It's easy to use. It goes so well with so many things. I think that's a really great option. Or also sandwiches. Like, it doesn't have to be uh, refrigerated meats or anything, but um, sandwiches are awesome for on the go. And then you can kind of pair that with any sort of healthy cold snack like carrots or apples or something. This question says, how do I spend my money wisely at the grocery store? What I've learned is that I will want to buy everything that I see because I just love grocery shopping and I love the idea of eating something new and fun, but truly just try and buy what you know you're going to eat. So for example, for me, like if I'm going to the grocery store, I know I'm going to grab a whole lot of avocados because I'm going to use them in so many different meals. I'm going to grab something like turkey because I can put it in the freezer or I can cook it right away. I'm going to grab like a thing of spring mix because I can throw it with every single meal that I could ever make, you know, or eggs or something really easy. Do the products that you know you're going to use, not the ones that you want yourself to use, you know? Like, I'm never going to be that person who cuts up a spaghetti squash and puts it in the oven. Like, I don't know how to do that. I don't really want to try and do that. It sounds like a great idea. I'm sure it would be really yummy, but I know I'm going to buy it. I'm going to tell myself I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's going to go bad and then I'm going to throw it in the trash and then I'm going to be mad at myself that I just spent X amount of money on a product that I didn't even get to use. So try not to buy too much fresh produce either, especially if you don't have the time to eat it all. That's also another good one because, gosh, isn't it just the worst when food goes bad before you get to eat it? Oh, I hate that. Tips for planning workouts in your weekly schedule in college. Honestly, I would schedule my workouts into my planner just like I would schedule my homework assignments. So every single weekend or every single start of the week, I would write down all my assignments that I had to do, all the tests I had to take, but I would also write down the workouts that I wanted to do. Literally, if I was following a guide, which I would say is one of the easiest ways that you can stay healthy in college because it's very mindless. I would always follow a guide when I was in school because I would just show up to the gym. I would be like, I have no idea what I'm doing today. But then I would just whip out my phone, follow the guide, get my work in, and then I would leave. I wouldn't have to spend extra time or energy thinking about what my workout was going to be. So I think following a guide is a great idea. And I would just say, schedule in your workout times just like you would schedule in your studying times, like your meal times, whatever. Um, and if you're like me and you need to do it at unusual times of the day, super early in the morning or super late at night, by all means, if that works for you, go for it. But I think following a guide, like legitimately, like I did a Grace Fit guide when I was in college and also Kate Taylor's guides, I did those quite frequently. Those are awesome. And then yeah, just mapping it into your day's schedule. This question says, can you still get healthy or lose weight while participating in college drinking culture help? 
Yes. My short answer is yes. I've talked about this a little bit before on previous episodes, but I think that you should never compromise your college experience or having a good time in college. But bottom line is that I just want you to enjoy yourself. I think it is perfectly okay. I think it is perfectly normal. And in fact, I would honestly encourage it. What I what I would say my suggestion would be is to just focus on um, whatever your definition is of eating well during the rest of the week. So if you're going to party Thursday through Saturday and that's just kind of your nighttime routine, then maybe make sure that you reach your goals Monday through Thursday or even still that you're reaching your goals Thursday, Friday, Saturday during the day. Whether that means you're just reaching your nutritional goals, don't get too caught up on it because you're very worried about your fitness or your nutritional goals. It's college. I don't want to say that's the point of college because it's not, but it's a huge factor in college. And every school is different. Every person is different. But just enjoy yourself and and have a good time because the last thing that you would want is to be filled with regret that, you know, didn't go and socialize because you had to go to the gym or something like that. I don't know. I think, like I said, that's kind of a weird opinion, but it's just kind of my my honest feedback. I think that the memories, even if you're not drinking, are better than prioritizing like one gym session. If you really think about it, you can make other time in the day to go to the gym and truly having fun and having a few drinks with your friends is awesome. Like it's the best thing ever. And I don't want you to not do that just because you're worried about your nutritional goals. So be mindful, be smart, of course, always, always be safe, but don't give yourself such a hard time. Thank you to everybody who sent in a question for this. I thought that this was actually such a fun episode to talk on and I didn't realize it was just going to be so much fun to chat about, but I would love a part two. If you have even more questions, please let me know your thoughts on this because I think that this is a really important topic. I think it's applicable to any area of your life, whether you're in school or you're in work or you're just literally a human being on planet Earth, please give the podcast a five-star rating if you feel it is worthy of five stars. I don't want to pressure you to do that. But if you like it, please give it a five-star rating. Let me know your thoughts. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss another episode. Reach out to me on Instagram if you want to tell me your thoughts about this episode, if you have suggestions for future episodes. I always welcome your suggestions. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. I love you all so much, and I will talk to you in the next one. Bye.